This is Dream Chaser Rebecca K. Thompson, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 92 of Chasing Dreams. I'm going to say that once more, 92. That is mind-boggling. And of course, I had to bring on a friend because one, why not? Two, it's my show. Three, because she's cool. And so we're talking today with Rebecca K. Thompson, who is a lifestyle and wellness coach who brings a holistic approach to solving a broad spectrum of challenges from health and wealthness to relationship coaching, personal finance, and home office organization. Her honest and practical coaching style helps her clients become proactive in maintaining a fulfilling life of whole wellness. Rebecca's emphasis on the simple question, what does wellness mean to you, allows her clients to look at the big picture, break down shortfalls, and then focus on improvement. Rebecca has a bachelor's degree in leadership development from Villanova University, where she received many accolades for academic excellence. She has been coaching clients for nearly 20 years and recently added nutrition coaching to her practice after defeating her own struggle with health and fitness. And she's taking a a break from that to come on the show and have a chat. Guys, this is my friend, Rebecca, who is on the show. Hey, Rebecca. Hey there, Amy. What's going on? It is a beautiful Tuesday. I just, uh, we just talked about the fact that Tuesday is my sanctuary day, and this is just the absolute perfect ending to a great day. You know, not a lot of people know what that means. What is a sanctuary day? Um, Well, for me, it used to mean that it was my day that I worked in my home office um, rather than uh, making a, a very long commute. But very recently, I left my full-time job to pursue some exciting opportunities and I work from my home every day. So, um, so now my sanctuary day usually just includes taking some time to be mindful about myself and to not feel guilty for uh, taking the time to, to be me and to do things that are important to me and that are important to my wellness. That's really cool because you're right. I don't think, not saying for you, yeah, you did not take those time. I think a lot of us don't have time to have that kind of a day, let alone maybe hours to give ourselves mm-hmm. for, for that sanctuary time. It's so important. And, and it's really, you know, I don't like to say that it's all about prioritizing yourself because it, that's a really hard thing to do. And, and for anybody who you know, has a job, has kids, has just things pulling at them. When you say, oh, you need to reprioritize, it's so condescending sounding. So it's not, it's not even a matter of using a word like that, like prioritizing. But for me, I just, I schedule it. 
I schedule the time for me. And some days work out better than others. Today, I got to spend two hours in the gym. That doesn't happen all the time. But at the very least, even if, you know, when, when my daughter was young, if it meant putting her to bed and closing the bathroom door and going to the bathroom without being interrupted, that was my sanctuary, whatever it needs to be, you know, but, but you need to honor that. And it's important for all of us to, to really take that time to honor ourselves and honor our own wellness. Let's hold on a minute. Pause on the, on the, on the cause here. Did you say two hours at the gym? Yeah. Is that a normal amount of time you spend at the gym? No, I, you know, usually I'm kind of a one hour and out. I, I, um, today I kind of had some, some hurdles that I was trying to overcome. And so I spent a little extra time, uh, did a little boxing, which, um, is just a really great way to, take out your frustrations or, uh, you know, today, today, uh, my, my dad actually happened to start chemotherapy today. So today my boxing was really just about trying to sort of lift him up and, and be a little angry with cancer and, uh, just punch the crap out of things for a while. Well, good um, for you. Cancer deserves <laughs> to be punched in the face or proverbial right? punching bag. Right? It's true. And then, and then I uh, spent another hour doing what's called daily ultimate training, which is, was really what I was trying to overcome. And, and um, with a very, very tough coach, you know, who, who really believes in me. And I, I don't know why I, I ever doubt her belief that I can do some of this crazy stuff, but, but I did it. So, um, so that that was my day today, two hours in the gym. I mean, obviously, there was much more than that, but that was the culmination of it for sure. But the fact that you were able to take time for yourself, something you wanted to do, two hours at the gym, mm-hmm. not something I'm very good at probably ever doing and, you know, will strive to, but you you found time to do something you want to do for the amount of time you wanted to do it on a sanctuary day. How did you get to this point of wellness? Like, how did this come about where wellness became such an important thing to you? Well, I just, you know, I just told you my dad, my dad has cancer and he has just started a, a, what will likely be a long battle. But if I kind of back things up a little bit, my mom passed away in 2013, uh, also from cancer, from pancreatic cancer. And it was the end of a very long battle, really a lifetime battle of um, trying trying to find her own wellness and and or maybe I guess actually probably not trying to find her own wellness is probably a better way to say it. And so you know she had years and years and years of chronic illness and you know lots and lots of physicians who would just you know, give her the next great pill to, to get her to the next thing. And, you know, then that would, that would start another thing, you know, unfortunately when things, when things where your wellness and where your health are concerned sound too good to be true, they usually are, you know, when, when, when you're morbidly obese and people just start prescribing pills for you, that's, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a lot easier than stepping into the gym or saying, geez, I really need to change my diet. 
And so I watched my mom literally for years and years struggle with that and just slowly, it's the slowest death, the slowest, most torturous death you could possibly die from. And suddenly, you know, very quickly afterwards, I found myself in the exact same pattern. I was diagnosed with lupus and I was taking all these medications and, and prednisone, which makes you just an ugly, ugly person and both physically and emotionally. And I kind of put the brakes on suddenly. I was, I was out with my daughter and her girlfriend. We were, you know, doing kind of a tourism thing in Philadelphia and I couldn't keep up with them. And, you know, I was just, 40 and, um, you know, maybe 41. And suddenly I could not keep up with two 25 year old women walking through a city. We're not talking like, you know, hills and craziness. This was just, you know, perusing, you know, art galleries and museums and stuff. I couldn't catch up. I couldn't keep up. And I was miserable, 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 miserable. And I had even, I was a newlywed at the time. Mm-hmm. I had even gotten to the point where I started to think my husband was going to leave me because I was really overweight, really unhappy, and really unwell. And, and that, that wellness factor was um, not just those things. I was really overweight. I was, I was you know, not not where I needed to be emotionally, but it crept its way into all these other parts of my life. You know, I wasn't keeping up with my house or my laundry the way I should. I wasn't maybe necessarily um, paying attention to my finances the way I should. I, you know, just all kinds of things. And what I started to realize was it it was like a snowball. You know, one thing made the, the next thing worse. And I literally got up one morning and said, I'm changing this. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I had that aha moment, which I tell people is mission critical in deciding you want to be well, because we really do decide. We decide if we're going to be well. And having that aha moment of realizing, A, that you're really unwell, and B, that you really want to be well, is you have to have it. If you haven't, your why, your passion, none of it will ever be strong enough. Um, So whether it's losing a loved one to an awful disease, whether it's something like I had where you kind of just wake up one morning and say, oh my gosh, what am I doing to myself? Whatever it is. Um, But you have to have that aha, um, my life has to change moment. And so I got up in the morning, I went to a gym, I signed on the dotted line, I started very voraciously um, researching nutrition, and and I used initially a a nutrition system to help me lose a bunch of weight. Um, Now I I generally am more of a proponent of eating whole foods and sort of having a, a more realistic approach, but at that point, I felt so helpless and I needed, I needed literally somebody to tell me every single bite that I was putting in my mouth. And that was then, right? I mean, clearly, one, I don't think I said, I, I am so sorry 
for for what your dad's going through for your loss of your mom and for the lupus you, you you're going through right now all of that and then to kind of go through this and it, it seems like it's only reasonable to have someone guide you when you're trying to get back on a path it's like having a coach when people say you know hey you're trying to do something different you're trying to follow your dream get a coach get someone to help you guide you and it sounds like that's what you were doing that is a hundred percent right and, and, you know, it's, it's funny that the conversation goes in this direction because, you know, before we were, uh, before we chatted, I kind of jotted down some things that I, you know, think are really important and were key parts of me, you know, realizing that I did have dreams to chase and that they could come true, that, it, that all of it was possible. But what I think for me, having the, the turning point where I said, wow, I can do this for other people. I can help other people. And, and it turning into not only my lifestyle, um, but my mantra and something that I really, really passionately wanted to share with other people. That sounds great. That sounds real great. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everybody's got to pay their electric bill. Um, yes. So, so you need clients, you know, <laughs> you need people who, who say, you know, wow, that, that actually makes some good sense. And you're, you're pretty smart. And so chasing your dreams really comes down to being a huge exercise in humility. And you have to be crazy, crazy humble. And this is something that I, I honestly have no idea how it was ever delivered to me because when I was 19, I became a mom and like most 19 year olds, I did not know a single thing about being a mom. And at some moment of amazing clarity that most teen moms don't have, I kind of realized that I knew nothing about raising children. And if I didn't want to raise a really messed up kid, I needed to go to my family and admit that I didn't know what I was doing and that I needed their help. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly doing that, you know, my family was so happy and we were so blessed with, with, everything that they did for us. You know, I, I left college to have a baby and, you know, just a, a couple months after she was born, I went back to school. I became, you know, I went to paralegal school. I became a paralegal and, you know, I had gainful employment. None of that would have been possible if I hadn't had that moment where I said, geez, I, I better ask for help here. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the same thing happens when you're chasing a dream. You know, if your dream is really big, it's, it, and, and I generally use the word goals over dreams, but there's a book by Jim Collins. I think it's, I think it's called Built to Last. And he uses the term BHAG. Have you ever heard of that? No. Big, big, audacious, Hairy goal. That's what it stands for. So if your dream or your goal is that big, chances are you can't do it alone. 
And so you better get humble. You better share it. And you better get humble and ask some people for help. Wow. It's the only way it's going to happen. I mean, that's, I completely agree with you. And it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, we met through a mutual friend, a right. prior guest on the show, Mr. Cornell Thomas, uh, who was on the show for episode 76 and 59. You guys can check it out. It's in the past archive episodes or whatever. And that young man just put on recently a positivity summit, which was huge and successful and awesome. And you were there, Rebecca, and I was there. And yeah, amazing two days. Fantastic really. opportunity. Very positive, very uplifting, very inspiring. And a big dream of his, right, to put this mm -hmm. thing together. And he did it with the help of, of, of many. And he was he's a very humble guy. And he's a very positive mm -hmm. guy, uh, but a great example of someone who humbled himself and got help and people to help him put this thing together, I think. I mean, you saw yeah, the results of it. Sure. What, do, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That day couldn't have happened if he didn't. Well, A, you know, A, he had, you know, just sort of the behind the scenes people that helped that were amazing and great. But I think the majority of those speakers even that appeared did it gratis. And, you know, there aren't a lot of us out there, I don't think, who are such good people and bring such a great message to the world that other people who get paid tens of thousands of dollars to do these types of events, mm -hmm. look at them and say, you know what, for you, I'll fly, I'll fly to New Jersey. I'll, I'll do your, your event and, you know, let's see what happens. Like, and he has this amazing ability to do that. But I do think a big part of that is that he is very humble. He's very honest about his, his beginnings, which are a big part of his story. Mm -hmm. But he's also not afraid to ask. And, and that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. I mean, do you know how many people that man approached um, who said no? And he kept going, you know, you got to stuff that, that away and say, I know what I have to deliver here is something that's going to change the world. And, you know, when you're passionate about something, it will change the world. It might be a, a small corner of it, but it's still changed in the world. And, you know, I just, I can't say enough about that. I can't say enough about him, that event, um, and, and what I have learned from him in such a short time, I've only known him, you know, maybe a little over a year. And uh, we had like a very serendipitous meeting and the way we, you know, there's definitely, there was no accident. Believe me, believe me, you know, talk about when the universe speaks, listen, you know, when I, when I heard him very briefly on a, on a telephone call for another company, you know, and, and I heard his message, I, oh my gosh, I have to read his book. I read his book and I just reached out on Facebook. And the next thing you know, like 45 minutes, I was on a train to Philadelphia to meet him in person. And it, and it just, you know, he and I feed off of each other with ideas and, and, you know, he's just a great great person, a great mentor. And, but also, you know, like I said, 
the ability to, to keep getting knocked down and keep getting back up. That's the only way you can achieve your dreams. If you're not, if you're not willing to do that, your dream's not big enough or not important enough to you. Now, see, it's interesting. Cause I think uh, we talked about this earlier on the show and I kind of want you to talk about it here. Cornell, it's like he, he heard something. The universe spoke to him and you had a quote mm-hmm. that I thought was great. It's actually the title of this podcast episode. When the universe speaks to you, listen. Mm-hmm. And you said that. And I was like, well, dang, if that's not just the truth, right? What did the universe say to you? Wow. Um, it may not, it may be multiple conversations. I mean, I think that's also <laughs> something uh, we have to be open to the possibility. <laughs> we have to be open to this possibility. The universe speaks in multiple languages and conversations. But what was it for you? Because you said that and it, it hit me for a reason, but it must have hit you for a reason that you said it. Well, you know, I think there are just, and it's funny because I've had this conversation, I feel like three times this week and, and in completely different modes or, or conversations. But, um, you know, I, I had a job that was a great job that paid me really great. And, and I worked um, for some really great people, but at the end of the day, you know, I just kind of came home and felt really unfulfilled. And when I finally decided I am really just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue my dream. I'm going to do this. I have to tell you like almost immediately things started happening. I started connecting with people. I started, and, and the universe at that point was really kind of saying to me, you, you're finally doing it. Like, I'm so proud of you. You know, I got, and, and I don't know that everybody who's, who's in the pursuit of something that they've really, really dreamed of. I don't know that everybody gets, the message from the universe, maybe they just don't hear it or maybe they're not open to hearing it. You know, I'm not really sure, but, um, for me, there's just been so many really great things that have happened since I decided that this needs to be the focus in my life. And, you know, when I am able to impact someone and, and they come back and say to me, she's, you know, you helped me through making that decision or, um, and it, and it changed everything. There's just nothing better than that, you know, and that, even that, that, I mean, that person obviously is, is communicating with you, but that's also, you know, the fact that they come back after you give them advice and, and they tell you, gosh, you know, you can't even imagine what happened here. That's a gift. That's a gift when people affirm what you believe in and what you dream about, I mean, that's just amazing. And, you know, ordinary jobs, you don't get that. You don't get that. You only get that when you have a a job or a mission. That's a dream. That's something that you're passionate about. And, and just to be clear, guys, when, when, and not to put words in your mouth, Rebecca, but when you say ordinary job, you just mean a job that isn't your dream. Right. Not exactly. Right. Exactly. The dream that the job that you ended up with because it's what you majored in in college and suddenly you're 45 and you think, why am I still doing this? 
but you do because it pays the electric bill and, you know, your kids daycare or whatever. Um, so but, let me ask you something about that, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you graduated, there was a reason one would think that somebody went that route and and years later it changes your 45 and 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 stuff changes. Right. And you're talking about the universe listening to you. Um, do you think that it was a mistake when they did it earlier or could they have been right and their dream at that time, but they just haven't realized that the universe is telling them, Hey, things have changed. I mean, how does that happen? Sometimes you think. In my case, it's sort of a funny thing because I actually did not graduate from college Mm -hmm. until I was 42, 41. I was 41. My daughter and I graduated from college a week apart. Nice. Congrats. She graduated (laughs) from American University and I graduated from Villanova a week apart. So my college degree was my dream. Not too many people get that. But I think, you know, and and I actually have no regrets where that's concerned. Every single step in my career and in my life and my personal life, every part of it led me to a degree that was tremendously meaningful to me, not only because I worked so hard to be top of my class, but also because it was my passion, leadership development. It was like, oh my gosh, like I can help people be the best version of themselves and help them lead others to be the best version of themselves. This is like the ultimate, like it was just, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, you know, but I do think, you know, I never, I never could have come up with that as a, as a career um, choice mm-hmm. at, you know, 19 years old. Um, you know, some people get lucky. I mean, you know, my daughter was a, was a communications and media major and she's a journalist in the air force and she has the coolest darn job, like really in the history of the world. But, you know, when she's 45, it might not be the coolest job in the history of the world right. anymore. Who knows? You know, and and I think that's just you know we all evolve, and if we stop evolving, then you know I'm not so sure. But when you look at, you know, we live in this time where where people do change careers. You know, they they certainly change jobs a lot, but lots of people really even change careers. You know, so there's there's nothing to stop us from doing that. There's nothing. There's nothing but ourselves that stops us from at 45 saying, you know what? I just don't want to be an accountant anymore. We stop ourselves from thinking that way. The universe, you know, whatever it is your universe is, is sending you messages saying, you know, geez, you're a great accountant, but you'd be an even better baseball coach, whatever it is, you know, whatever. But, I, you know, I have a friend who says to me, a couple of years ago, he said, you know, Rebecca, if you want to be a pig farmer, call yourself a pig farmer. And that's how we make that change. That's how we make that shift. You know, if, if, you're, if your dream job that you came up with at, at 19 or 20 going to college doesn't do it for you anymore, then figure out what the next step is and call yourself that and do it. You know, create that version of yourself. 
there's nothing wrong with a mid. I, I hate the term midlife crisis. As it do I. To be a crisis, it, it, to me, it's, it's a mis- It's a misnomer. Yeah, you know, it's the it's. I'm at midlife, and I finally have my shit together to do what I really want to do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, the the thing is, right? I think uh, when you when you said it, I think it was the best way to say it is when the universe speaks to you, listen. And I think you know constantly we get these hints in our life mm-hmm. from the universe mm-hmm. from god or whoever you you believe it to be from but i think there are things in your life that tell you hey maybe maybe that now's the time to do something new because you've changed right every experience you have changes us and you're not the same person you were 10 minutes ago let alone a year ago and you could be doing something different you had a life experience that changed you very quickly and you went a different direction. And today you have, you know, sanctuary days that you get to mm-hmm. have. And so that's not something at 19 you could probably could have had because you weren't, you're not the same person. Right. And I think we oftentimes forget that we're allowed to have that. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to have these changes. We're allowed to have people suggesting things. Now, not all things are right or the things we should do necessarily, you know, you got to weigh it against everything else for yourself and you have to make the decision for yourself. But sometimes I think we miss out on the signs that say, Hey, you can do more than one thing at one time. I mean, Rebecca, how many, how many dreams do you think you have or goals? Oh God. You know, I, I write them down and right now I'm in between like three different notebooks. I don't even know how that happened for my clients who I help with organization, I would be like, you know, absolutely going crazy. But I come up with new ideas every day, every day of things I want to do. I mean, my A number one right now is to write a book. Um, But then, you know, sometimes my dreams are crazy and, and they're, you know, um, I just saw a thing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There were these these people who rescued two baby children and a man from a car that had flipped into a river. Wow. And these people were just like bystanders that they saw this car go over and they jumped out of their cars and rescued these babies. And and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be amazing? to be like that kind of hero at some point in your life. And I wrote it down. Like I want to be a hero someday. I mean, is that a dream? I mean, certainly I don't have a dream for somebody to have a terrible accident. (laughs) All those around Rebecca, please be mindful. The bigger dream is that I want to have the wherewithal and the brain power and, and the, the thought process that, if I drove past something like that happening, that I wouldn't even think twice about stopping and helping because most of us would, I mean, right. You know, you, you might see a situation and say, gosh, there's nothing I can do to help these people and just keep going. Right. You know, a lot of people would do that. And, um, but at the same time, there are a lot of people and you, you were, pro- you never know. That's the thing, right. And all of these things, you yeah. never know what or how you'll react you just hope for the best that you would react in in a positive way 
And until that point, until you're put in that position, you kind of just work on yourself to get exactly. to that point. Now, exactly. you are working on, on yourself in such a way that um, physically you could also be able to save those people. You know, yeah, not, maybe. <laughs> punch, hey, punching punching that bag for two hours. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're, you're closer than I am uh, <laughs> in being able to do a rescue. But that's that's the thing, right? I mean, every day we don't know what's going to happen and we work towards whatever it is we're, we're working towards. And you talked about it earlier, you know, um, how you have multiple dreams and, and things. And I think and, and it comes up over and over. We're allowed to have multiple dreams and we're allowed to change them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, change is, I think that I, I don't know who, who says if things stop changing, you know, things stop. You know? So, yeah. And, the, and there are days, I, I mean, I, you know, when I really started taking my wellness mission very, very seriously, my A number one priority, my A number one dream was to write a book and to to put it out there for the world to, to read and that everybody would become well because they read my fabulous book. Well, then I kind of realized I really didn't have enough experience helping people become well in in the form that I wanted them to, to write a book. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, dial it back reassess and figure it out. And that's, you know, that's really what I do with people. You know, my A number one question, you know, what is your definition of wellness? Because, you know, for me, becoming well was getting my my physical life, my, you know, my fitness in order and getting um, a chronic disease under control. But for other people, wellness might be that they just, they need help like sorting through their mail and, and figuring out what can really just go in the trash and, and what they have to pay attention to. And that sounds like almost ridiculous that somebody can't do that. But there are people who are absolutely paralyzed by organizational things. You know, when you see those shows about people who are hoarders mm-hmm. and things like that, that's how it all starts. It all starts with you know, some kind of emotional event that causes them to not be able to throw things away. And, you know, and it can start on a very low level with something as simple as not being able to throw away the coupon clipper that comes in the mail. And that can turn into something huge. And I've worked with clients like this where, you know, they're just, absolutely up to their ears with paper and clutter. And, and so their definition of wellness is being able to handle all that paper and all that clutter, you know? And so, you know, it became really, really important to me to, to say, who am I to judge what the definition of wellness is? You know, I, I, I probably should look it up in the dictionary and see what, what they say, but Mm -hmm my version of wellness and someone else's version of wellness can be very different things. And so, you know, just being able to, to help people figure that out, just to figure out what, is, what does it mean to you? I mean, really, who, who thinks about that? But it's, it's such a critical thing. Um, it's definitely an important thing. And one uh, we should all work on 
for ourselves and something you are helping people with, with your work, which is an awesome thing. Cause I, I know that was a question that you had asked me. Now, one thing, Rebecca, that we do before wrapping up an episode and in particular with wellness or just the universe, you know, what is something that you would tell someone who's chasing their dream, one action item that they should do, whether it be for wellness or listen to the universe or, or just anything overall, what is something you would tell them to do today to make it happen? Well, I think, you know, I touched on the, that thing that my friend said to me, if you want to be a pig farmer, call yourself a pig. And I think that, don't call yourself a pig, call yourself a pig <laughs> farmer. <laughs> but I think that is something to really, really hone in on and to say, whatever it is, to create that version of yourself in the smallest little ways in the beginning to just create progress. Um, and that can be things as simple as, you know, dress the part. I love to work with people in, in fitness. And so nine times out of 10, I look like those ladies in that Facebook thing about ladies who run around town in their active wear. Mm -hmm. That's me. You know, I dress the part. Um, I do the things that, that, people who do what I do, do. So, you know, I go to events like Cornell's and I talk to people like you and I connect with other coaches and aligning ourselves with people who are like-minded and who share the same type of vision. You know, that's really important because ultimately what you need to do is figure out what sets you apart from them and that you're not living someone else's dream, that you're living your own. And that's probably the most important part of all of that is to make sure you're living your own dream and not someone else's. You know, I, we talked earlier about the fact that I was at the gym and I try really hard not to compare myself mm -hmm. to other people. And that's important. That's really important because living somebody else's dream is no will fun. Make you, it, you, you won't feel fulfilled at no. the Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your story, just the advice and the action item itself, I think is, is powerful by itself, the whole episode overall. But I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing that because I think it's something that people need to hear and you are a testament of it, which is also a plus if I will, but thank you for coming on and, and sharing all of that. Well, that's an amazing compliment to me, um, to hear, to hear someone else say that someone like you who who talks to dreamers every day to say <laughs> that I am a good example of following it is is a huge compliment to me. I, I think I'm trying to do it right. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. <laughs> you know, some days it's not easy, but but it's um I wouldn't change it. You are doing fantastic. Rebecca, you are awesome. Thank you. Oh thank you, Amy. All right, Gene Chasers, that was Rebecca K. Thompson coming on the show and sharing her experience and her life lessons. And I loved it. I love her. She's fantastic. Wishing her all the best and her dream chase and take her advice to heart. I mean, everything everybody says seems to be very simple, but it's very powerful. So keep that in mind, guys, and keep in mind that you too can be living your dream if you just work towards it. So 
Learn more about Rebecca and the notes from today's episode over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 92. That's episode 92. And get on that. All right. So until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Or leave a comment on her website, ChasingDreamsHQ.com. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.